We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, coming to you live Sunday, April 30th, last day of April, folks. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got almost a full team tonight. I've got Justin Peabody with me. Hello, everybody. Nick Crane is here. Howdy, howdy. We've got Taylor Peterson. Live with a, with a sunburn from today. And Komi Armoravian. I'm back. From outer space, don't turn around now and turn that look upon your face. Uh, hey guys, I'm back. I got a little <laughs> bit more to do. No JD. I think he's currently on the toilet because he's got a stomach bug. Something like that. <laughs> on the toilet or in the toilet or I don't know. In the toilet. <laughs> Mud butt. Something. <laughs> Jeez. Dude. Before we kick off some Thunder content today, I got to let you guys know. That we are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, also the official pod of DailyThunder.com. Gentlemen, today we are going to uh, be and call me our nice wheelhouse a little bit as we're going to be handing out some grades. Call me and I are probably sick to death of grading things as <laughs> we are approaching May. I'm behind. Yeah, same. <laughs> Retweet. Uh, but we're going to grade some Thunder players today. We're going to talk a little bit of draft. Before we do, though, I'm going to put you guys on the spot. I've got a very important Ooh. question. Can you give us a time where you talked a lot of trash and completely failed to back it up to the Dylan point where you had to dip out and not be held accountable for your actions? Your ultimate F around and find out moment in honor of one Dylan Brooks as the Memphis Grizzlies won exactly one more postseason game than the Oklahoma City Thunder did. <laughs> Does anybody have a good I effed around and found out story that can rival Dylan Brooks? 
Oh man, I, not that can rival Dylan. I've got I've got a pretty good one uh, that Nick would enjoy, would would definitely enjoy. Mm. <laughs> um, this was uh, when I was I think I was finishing my uh, master's degree or beginning my master's degree, but I went to the OU OSU game where Bob Stoops decided to repunt a Tyree kill, um, and Goodness. OU should have won that. that OU should have won that game. And there was one guy like right behind us and near the student section that was just like he was drunk out of his mind, uh, but it was also very loud about talking about how awesome Mason Rudolph, like the rookie, was. Uh, and um, everybody like told him to shut up, you know, like little brother, like sit down, like the game's over. You know, he got like 30 seconds and, you know, with Tyree Kitlin, one punt. And uh, Bob Stoops punted the ball and uh, they had a penalty, so they punted again and Tyree Kill, uh, Took uh, it to the he, house. Uh, he took it to the house and the game uh, turned upside down and OC won. And so now that guy was extra loud and we were all extra sad. So well, that was a, that was a, that was a different feeling because we talked Bob so much Stoops redemption yeah. tour as the Dallas or the Arlington the Renegades. Renegades XFL Super Bowl next weekend. That's yeah. right. I don't know. It's not a bad gig. I'm going to throw say, one out in a, in a completely head. different vein. <laughs> like could not be more different. Um, in college, I went to an ultimate Frisbee tournament just for funsies. It was like, it was hosted by our college had an ultimate Frisbee team. I like Frisbee. Frisbee's fun. Let's go play ultimate Frisbee. You had to be a monster ultimate Frisbee. So you'd think, um, so when you go to sign up, they were like trying to make the team somewhat even, right? So they ask on a, on a scale of one to five. How good are you at ultimate Frisbee? So they could try to make the team somewhat even. I'm like, I don't know. I can throw a Frisbee pretty good. So I said a four. I most definitely should have put a one. It was very wow. clear that this was like an ultimate Frisbee tournament for very serious ultimate Frisbee players. Oh, um, so at the first fun. snack break, I just ghosted everyone, did an Irish exit and just disappeared and never came back. <laughs> I took my peanut butter and banana and said, see you later. <laughs> Should have grabbed. Should have joined the Quidditch league instead. You <laughs> ate it like Will Levis too. You just dipped the whole banana in the peanut butter. Gross. Absolutely. Uh, I would say mine. Uh, Tyler Hero. If you go back and listen to any of our pre-draft pods before his draft, I talked so much crap on that dude. The T-Rex arm. His arms. measurables yeah. are bad. <laughs> What's that guy going to do in the league? Uh, the Thunder should not draft him at 20, whatever they were at. Uh, come to find out, the guy went much earlier than the Thunder could even pick. And he's a lot better than I ever thought he would be. So that's one of those. I talked so much crap about how bad he'd be in the league. And I am very wrong. It's okay it's to be wrong. A, if Rudy Gobert ever turns his life around. <laughs> I, love the, I love the quote about Rudy that came out this week that was like, he's, he's really going to focus this offseason on. Yeah getting to that next level i'm like he said he's got a next level to unlock like dog first of you're all 31 you're like, years old you're, you're like almost prime. he's gonna play you, for you can't you can't shoot like you're it, you should have leveled up six years ago it's like, level up like self-awareness or something like that <laughs> i just well, do you think that's gonna happen <sighs> i guess there's hope for everybody uh, but no man no, i just want heaven the <laughs> It is incredibly poetic <laughs> that Dylan Brooks said, I don't respect anyone until they give me 40. 
and then lost then by 40. Yeah, lost so by good. 40 on the dot to get eliminated from the playoffs. Just absolute chef's, chef's kiss. kiss. The, the NBA script was good there. Media. Yeah, <laughs> the, the last two games, him skipping out of media, like yeah. just like that. I was like, oh, like, I. Then he gets fined, which is I, even it, better. It it made it worse for me because the original like Memphis Grindhouse, like they would talk all that, but they'd back it up and then they would yes. take it on the chin in media. And Jaws brandishing guns, Dylan Brooks acting like a hard ass, and then suddenly, like they're out once they lose. And I think that's like kind of like I don't know, I don't I don't like that. It's that's why the entire narrative turned against them. Like everybody, most everybody rooted for the Lakers for the first mm-hmm. time in their lives. Yeah. I'm about to speaking root for the of, Lakers uh, for the second time in my life. <laughs> speaking Chef of NBA Matt. scripts, they uh the script that's my favorite that they've written is um Chet Holmgren gets hurt and misses the entire first season so that his rookie year is actually against Wimby. Mm. That's the script yeah. that's been there all along. They, they, they played USA versus France, and it was like the big thing, and who's the best. You know, yeah. unicorn big. Well, now they get to be rookies together. Yeah, the script gets even wilder. Takes another plot twist when in two weeks, <laughs> the Thunder jump in the lottery and they're Let's playing for rookie of the on year the on the same team. Hey, mm. good script writers are adaptive. And uh, there you go. Love a good twist. Speaking of hey, the draft lottery, boys, two weeks, two weeks from Tuesday will be the wild. draft lottery. Uh, Thunder fans will find out pretty quickly. Well, I say that. The Draft Lottery Show is a 30-minute television show for like four minutes of them rattling off the actual draft picks. Um, it's going to be a huge, huge night league-wide because one team's entire future will change yep. for the next 10 years. Like It, it will be monumental for one team. It well, reminds they... me of the year that, that Zion was in the draft that yeah. like video feed they had in like the Pelicans ticket office sales room was so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Price went up. Um, whenever they start pulling out those cards and they start naming off teams and what position they're in, Thunder fans are going to find out pretty quick. Um, if they hit, if the Thunder said 13th or 14th, that means all hell is broken loose and two teams have jumped up mighty high. If we get to 12 and they have not said Oklahoma City, uh, the in, all of Thunder Nation, everyone who's tuning into this, anyone who's a Thunder fan gets my permission to, at that point, shit themselves. <laughs> because if the Thunder are not set at 12, that means that they will be in the top four. Uh, the odds are very low. They only got an 8% chance. But never say never. never Goonies never say never. die. It's better than seven, you know? Then, that is true. So Closer real, to 10 real and zero. Quick, we will have like a lot of draft talk on this podcast in the upcoming weeks, but just real fast. If the thunder were to jump to four, like immediate thoughts and, and let's say it's not one or two, let's say it's not Wimby scoop and it's three or four. Like, who do you want at three or four? Like who, who's your guy? Who do you think they would take? Um, if you're at three, is I mean, I still don't think you can trade up to one. But just general quick hit thoughts on if Lottery Night gets here, what players are we talking about that night on the podcast when the Thunder jump to four? There was like the leftover spot. Um, like three would be leftover spot, where it's like you take Miller or Henderson, 
whoever falls. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's much debate. Maybe you guys have completely different thoughts. I think you just take whoever's not taking it to there. Four yeah. gets a lot more interesting because there's a lot of guys that you could argue. I think like Amin Thompson's probably like the NBA Twitter favorite at four. Um, but you could go Jarris. You could go Cam Whitmore. You could, my opinion, uh, Taylor Hendricks is the absolute ideal player on this Thunder team next to Chet long-term. Do you reach him at four? Probably not. Do you trade back to seven, eight and get him there? That that sounds awesome. Um, but I think three, three is an easy, you just take whoever's there. Four gets really interesting. Like if, if the Thunder get four, we're going to have a lot of fun content. Um, the two, the month that is they always say spot. like everyone always says this pick is where the draft really begins yeah right four four is this is yeah. in this draft yep. yeah it's interesting you say taylor Hendricks uh is like the fit next to chet um my draft crush for quite a while now has been jairus walker um i feel like he just checks so many thunder boxes uh, he's got the toughness that Presti talks about. He's cerebral. He's got really high basketball IQ, good ball mover. Um, not a great shooter. Kind of fits the Thunder mold. <laughs> True. Um, he's got touch, He does have shooting he does touch. Have good. Yeah. Um, the form looks nice. I mean, he's big as hell, dude. 6'8", 7'2", wingspan, remember... 240 pounds. Like, he's going to come in and be NBA ready from a physicality standpoint. Immediately. Day one. I he and Chet there. next to each other would be a blast. Oh, yeah. And I think they fit really well together. I remember it was early, early, rate, uh, I say regular season, um, conference, conference play. And Nick and Derek Parker actually went to TU um, and were on campus to watch Houston versus TU. And the first thing that Nick said, he texted me, he tweeted out, he was like, Jarris Walker is a gigantic human. I remember, Nick, you were talking about like, his quads are bigger than my head. It's like if Saquon Barkley was six eight and played basketball. Yeah, but he, he's so fluid too. I think at that size, and it, it was, it, it's true. He's a what's, big dude. What's most interesting about him is like, like Kelvin Sampson is a and there are a lot of OU people on this pod, so you guys can probably attest to this. He, he's very systematic. Like his his post game presser, there was a lot of questions about. I've, I've seen uh, Houston twice and seen Jarris twice this year. Um, he's all about like it's not individual it's it's team it's you make winning plays you're not here to score 30 a game um and jaris is a guy that like we probably haven't seen even a fraction of what he could do at the nba level but that's where pregame warm-ups are so interesting the stuff he's doing in pregame warm-ups like these carmelo looking turnaround fadeaways and between the legs pull up jumpers it's like i don't know if you'll ever do that at the NBA, but if you do, it looks really good. Like there's a lot of things I think he can do that we haven't seen. Um, I think the reason Jacob, you're right about this. He, he fits the thunder mold at IMG in high school and at Houston in college. He was not like the guy like at IMG. He played with multiple guys there. Like he played with jet Howard. He played with like multiple guys that are, that are either in college now or about to go to the draft. And he was just this like motor guy that, that made the winning plays. Same thing at Houston playing with Marcus Sasser and, and she and all these guys. We haven't seen what he could be if he was just like unlocked, like go do your thing. Now with the I thunder think, though, would he find himself in a similar role? And I almost he could, he would, he could, which is but not I a think, bad thing. Like I, but I heard a lot of positive things. Right. And I know you have too, Nick about like him going to play in a very structured 
almost, I don't know if tenure is the right word, but a system from, like you said, um, with, I just go blank on the head coach's name. This is bad. So Kelvin Sampson. Kelvin Sampson. Kelvin Sampson. Thank you. Um, and he was really applauded for that. I think by a lot of people for where he could have gone to a, another big basketball school and kind of been the guy, had the ball in his hands more. He decided to go G. G. for Jackson. a team. That, yeah. Yeah. Gigi Jackson route. Um, I don't know. It, it, I just feel like it in OKC would find himself in a similar role to that. Well, it's twofold though. Like, You've seen him thrive at every level being a guy that is like the biggest impact player on winning without being the guy. That's huge. But then there's also the untapped potential that we haven't seen, which is also huge. So like it, it's like Keontae George has always been the guy, the bucket. You got to ask him to come to Oklahoma City and not be the guy. How impactful is he? Whereas Jairus, we've seen it, you know, but I still think Taylor Hendricks being he's not as stout as Jairus Walker, but he's He's listed at 6'9". That dude's like 6'10", 6'11". Um, 40, 41% from three. And it's not just like a catch and shoot kind of thing. Like that dude is a legit shooter. Um, he's a really, really good defender. Jarris is also, but like it's a different type of He's more physical. Upside. Right, I think Taylor Hendricks is, is like the bully. Style. Taylor Hendricks is like this versatile, like more rim protector than he is. Like a bull- like, I think either one of those guys would be the perfect fit in OKC and they're both in different tiers today um, so I think if the Thunder do move up or, or in the lottery or via trade like those would be my two guys like it's not even close I like you mentioned that about Taylor Nick because I think there is a lot of like a lot of talk right now nationally about kind of comparing those two prospects because they are fairly similar although each have their different strengths and weaknesses even though they kind of overlap some um, I've been saying this so you look about like you, know, you look at Taylor Hendricks Florida kid who decided to stay in Florida, play at a quote unquote local school in UCF. I think had he gone to a bigger school, kind of gone, you know, I, I talked about uh, Walker being applauded for playing at a, at a program like Houston. We're probably talking about Hendricks in a very similar vein. So I, I love that you mentioned that Nick, just because I don't think they should be looked at as like, you know, a number four prospect versus like a number 10 prospect just on, because that's the difference in somebody's big board. I think they're very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hendricks went to UCF too because he has a twin brother that wasn't quite as good at basketball. And that's where he got an offer too. He's on the he, Yeah. Was on the um, <laughs> let's say things stay as 90% of like the lottery chances say they will. And Oklahoma City lands at 12. Um, Justin, call me. Are any names in that 12 ish range that excite you for the Thunder? Just real quick. Or, or maybe flip side of the coin, specifically like don't excite you. She kind of turned off on. Honestly, not particularly because we have no idea what this roster maybe looks like even in a season of roster turnover. I mean, it's getting to the point where OKC, you feel like they have a lot of good pieces. You feel like you felt really good about this team. It was really interesting to see Jeremiah Robinson Earl not get playing time at all down the stretch uh like in any capacity and you start to wonder about the roster crunch that will happen because they keep on getting these possible lottery picks so no not particularly um i mean i would i'm like hoping to god that taylor Hendricks falls but he's not going to um and that's that's an issue like that was like that was my only guy i really wanted uh because the early early uh mocks didn't have him as high but then he 
skyrocketed up boards. And so I was like, well, that sucks. So he would have been my one. Yeah. Justin. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'll take anybody that Presty deems relevant at 12, which is yeah. the cop out answer. Definitely. So to like put my stake in the ground like Nick and go like full anti somebody like Tyler hero. Um, Grady Dick's probably the guy that I hate the most in that role of like, wow. right? Like counter forget his college stats. Like I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling it with his NBA career. Is he realistic at 12? Probably not. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, a am anti Grady Dick. I think Grady Dick will be around that, that range. He probably goes, like you said, just just a little before that 12 mark, yeah. but I could say the nine to 11. I don't think he's going to, like to your point, I'm not sure he's going to necessarily rise in the pre-draft process, but I just don't see him falling too much either. Would he be like top four jerseys in OK OK yes. jerseys? Oh, for sure. Big in, in the frat draft party easy. scene. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Dig if you don't think I'm getting water. a customized '69 Dick jersey, oh yeah, yeah. you are <laughs> badly mistaken. We're gonna have great merch. The, yes. the if he ends the, up uh, under, I went I'm, to TCU Kansas, and the the student section chanted, "Dick, you suck." But they yeah. did it quickly, so it mm. sounded like yeah. yes. That's yeah. Good Something else. Very, very loud. They've already that's got the OKC okay ring in OKC, okay so that's also special too. So it'd keep it <laughs> right funny. in because it doesn't I, uh, look like OKC. Okay so hey, no I'm just saying, not. whoever drafts Grady Dick, if his first media photo with the team isn't him standing holding a basketball on each side of him, uh, the PR team has fumbled the bag. <laughs> Uh, two guys that I don't like in that range are Nick Smith Jr. and Keontae George. Yeah, I don't love Keontae George. They I've, both I've just seem Keontae. very not thunder to me. I don't know. It's not even thunder. It's like the, the NBA values positional size. Like if you go if you go look at the top ten players in the league, remove remove Steph Curry from that because he's like this alien that doesn't count. Um all of the best players in the league are like freakishly tall for their position. And the guys that are normal size for their position, think like a John Morant or like an upcoming Scoot Henderson. Um, it's because they're elite passers. Like they can give you yeah. eight to 12 assists every single night with guys like Nick Smith and Conte George. Like they both have passing upside. There's no doubt. But at the college level, they haven't really shown that it's been just like this bucket getter. I, I, you can get those guys anywhere like if, if, yeah. if you want a bucket getter that's six four to six six take bryce sensabaugh at 19 don't take keontae george at 12 i know, know? Love yeah. but no, I, uh, my my guys if they stay at 12 are probably like reacher guys like um the two g league kids are yeah. fascinating to me sissoko um, and um, ooh, that's, a, that's a real reach yeah that is and then the, uh, the the french kid the french kid is interesting both french kids actually one playing in france uh, on metro with yeah. victor Wembanyama. yeah so um, that's who i was going to mention and then cool the other Bali french kid other uh, over in new zealand uh, rayon repair both kind of interesting to me they just all those guys kind of feel thundery that's where i think they would they would go and some of those guys and, might might rise in the draft process just like j-dub did I'm curious, Jacob, for listeners, like that, that's that's a theme amongst like the Thunder community is like this guy is thundery or a mm-hmm. thunder guy. Presty actually answered that question 
at media day, like to you, when you you think about these prospects and like, do they fit the thunder? What are the things in your head that you're like, that's, that's thundery for me. Yeah. Um, just based off recent history and how they've drafted and how they've built the team guys that are long, uh, guys who can make quick decisions. Um, guys who have passing upside and who are versatile. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the way the NBA is going at this point. I yep. totally right. That's kind of that's the list I came up with for guys at 12, just rallying them off in those specific order. I had repair and cool We'll dive into those guys here. Um, as we get closer and closer to the lottery and into the draft, um, Jordan Hawkins is a name we haven't mentioned yet. Obviously he can move really well off ball, but yeah, super flashy, good three point shooter. He'd be a good fit. I'm not sure he's necessarily a thunder fit. Uh, Grady Dick, we've already talked about. And one name we haven't mentioned, uh, this actually ended up being like my favorite prospect on the Michigan team. I know Nick and I talked a lot about him, uh, before the name kind of. Taylor just all right in the middle of talking taylor kicked himself off the train unbelievable that's incredible (laughs) oh that was really weird tell us the name taylor i didn't even touch anything Uh, toby buffkin was a name i know major tease there ah Uh, kobe buffkin is a i'm a fan of him obviously it's not a need for okc kobe buffkin at home and trey man yeah there's there's quite literally like if you look at their numbers and like the way they play like yeah there's there is zero difference between buffkin and man like quite literally zero difference. It's interesting. Um, okay, before we move on from draft talk, I told you guys we're two weeks, two days away from the lottery. Got to do a spin. Oh my gosh! Let's do a live tankathon spin. My old mistress tankathon. <laughs> hey, isn't it nice to just like not have to stress about this this year? True. Indeed. Very. You ever, you ever wonder what what a. Uh, like Justin's wife in the other room thinks when she hears Justin say, my old uh, mistress, my old mistress. Tankathon. <laughs> oh, that's what you call her. What are you wearing? Tankathon. <laughs> Jake, uh, anybody want to sounds hideous. Khakis. Anybody want to uh, make a prediction on the spin before I hit spin? It's going to be 12. what it is. Yeah. It's going to be Pacers at one. Pacers at one. Ooh, gross. Okay. Then give me Spurs at two. <laughs> Anybody else? Any any takes? It doesn't have to be Thunder. I just hope Houston doesn't get one. I was going to yeah. say Rockets That's drop. One. That's yeah. my pick. Yeah. Here we go. The Rockets did not drop. Oh. They stayed at two. Spurs at four. Pace yeah, that, was, that was a lame. That was literally one team moved. That's lame. Port, Portland moved up. Everything else stayed That's status quo. Do, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. As, as long as, as, long as this is the most realistic spin, I think. That's quite literally the that. most anticlimactic. Like no. As long All as Houston to, poor get, Nick, we will cool. spin again. It's gonna be his. Hey, Same thing. One team jumps. Hey, Rockets drop to five. I'm cool with that. I am also cool with that. Hey, sold. Portland at six. Portland slides down to six. Oof, I'd be willing to talk too. some trades. I don't know yeah. if Dick in Utah's good. Oh my! Heard we're, that gonna clip, we're gonna clip that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, they got Thunder uh, at twelve, taking Case and Wallace. I think is interesting. I like that. Uh, give me a three-team trade where the Thunder send picks to Toronto. <laughs> Toronto sends OG to Portland. Portland sends six to Oklahoma City. Wow. Wait, what? Why no, don't you just I, trade Lou Dort to Portland? I'm a, visual, I'm a visual learner. I can't do this. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. And then on the other side, we are going to give out some player grades. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. Okay, gentlemen. So I had to dig through the Twitter timeline uh, quite a bit to find this. But months ago, JD and I did a podcast where we put the Thunder players in different tiers. Uh, I wanted to bring that back up today and talk about it. Um, and then we can also grade these players. Uh, we First, we'll decide, has anybody moved and swapped tiers? And then we can assign each player a letter grade for the season. So for those of you watching the live stream, I'm going to pull up the tiers that we had. Every time I say the tiers, it makes me think like we were crying about the team, mm. which maybe we were. I don't know. Some people might have been. So we had <laughs> tier one, which was borderline untouchable. Uh, SGA, J-Dub, Josh Giddy, Chet Holmgren. Tier two was, quote, we like them a lot. They have potential. That was Jang, Isaiah Joe, J-Will, Poku, Aaron Wiggins, Lou Dort, Kenrich Williams. Tier three was they have potential, but most likely they are a candidate of roster churn. That would be Trey Mann, Lindy Waters, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and Dario Sharich. Lindy Water. Lindy Water. <laughs> Singular. He's singular now, not singular. plural. No. There's not three of them. There's just one. <laughs> um, uh, do we, are we are we talking about like which ones we might move around? Yeah. So have these tiers. JD and I did this on March 13th, so a month and a half ago. 
has any of any of these players where they fall in these tiers have they changed here at the last end of the season one that's hard to gauge for me specifically is Poku just because we missed so much of him this year and then saw what Jalen Williams, uh, J-Dub has been able to do in so many positions. Uh, I mean, then you got to see a little bit more Usman Jang, and then you saw a lot more Jang on the floor at the end of the season. Season, uh, So Poku, I mean, but other than that, I mean, in their context, we like them a lot. They have potential. Uh, I don't know if you add Lou Dort to that roster churn guy uh, that somebody might be thinking about. I don't think you do that because I think he would, be a guy that would be really, really good coming off the bench for you in the future, because I don't think he's a starting five guy if you're winning an NBA title, but I think he's a roster guy if you win an NBA title. Just my I've got, a, I've got a thought exercise. I don't think I'd put this guy as untouchable, but I might put him as untouchable relative to what teams are offering for him, like, like it's never going to line up. Kenrich Williams, we know for a fact, based on reports, that people have tried trading for him like two years in a row now, three years in a row now. Um, and it's just not enough. And I think if <clears throat> if Presty was willing to hold on to him in the really bad rebuilding years, we've talked about like keeping Kenrich around for the contending years would be in- incredible. And not that this team's con- contending next year, but I think we all would agree they're going to be a postseason team, likely. His value next year is going to be as high as it's ever been. And I think the trade value that Sam Presti would would require to move him is going to be much higher than what any team's going to offer. So not untouchable in the fact that like I don't care what you offer, we're not trading this guy. But he doesn't feel like a a player that's going to move during this contract. That's fair. Feels like there's a mutual respect there between yeah. the front office and Kenrich, and that he wants to stay, especially since he said he wants to retire here. You yeah. know, like yeah, that's it's going to take like. Two, you're, it's not going to be the Jay Crowder five second round picks. They didn't play in the in the postseason. It's going to be like Sam Price is going to say, "I want two first rounders," or it's going to be a massive like when the Thunder do this all in package that includes you know multiple picks and yeah. and players. It's going it, he's going to be in that kind of package. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that could change these tiers is whoever the Thunder drafts this year. Yeah, there. yeah. So very Other than point. that, like I, I think it's it's a solid list. You could maybe quibble over some of the people in tier two, like Jay Will's long term outlook. Like, yeah, he had a fun year. Right. And a year or two. So I think maybe in tier three. Just like yeah, just like JRE. Right. Um Trey but man. I, I think overall overall the tiers are solid. Yeah, like if you compare it like in a vacuum in a season, it looks pretty decent still, but uh, if we acknowledge it as like super fluid, especially with the vision three, four years down the road, it looks probably significantly different. I would say significantly different, but your main guys are probably still your main guys. If you got the contracts and, uh, but the other two tiers look probably different a lot. So, so let me ask you guys two questions about these tiers real quick. First one, the thunder are bringing in at least one first round pick. We assume they could trade out of the draft. Right. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Is a possibility. Let's say they just stay pat and pick at 12. We would all agree that the most likely candidate on this list that isn't back next year is Sharich because he's an unrestricted free agent. Yep. What if they decide to sign somebody in free agency? Maybe 
uh, some people flirt with the idea of like bringing Muscala back or uh, an idea that I like is throw an offer sheet at Grant Williams or Nikhil Alexander Walker. Let's just for argument's sake, let's say they bring in somebody else and you have to get rid of. So Sarich has walked, but now you have to get rid of somebody else. Who do you think is the next guy on the chopping block there? Is it Lindy with a non-guaranteed contract? Is it JRE who struggled? I mean, Lindy was getting, I I don't know if I want to say significant, but a decent amount of burn. I mean, he played in the play-in. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I get it. uh, Maybe maybe a hot take. I don't think it's Lindy. I think it's Jerry. I think it's Jerry too. I think the Thunder draft, Mm. a Jarris Walker or a Taylor Hendricks. Then you're looking at that guy being a starter. You've got Oos who can play the four. You've got Jay Will who can play the four five. You got Poku who can play Poku. the four five. Yep. Like Kendrick Kendrick plays the damn four. Kendrick plays point guard to five. Aaron like, Wiggins, yeah. Aaron Wiggins is like tiny, but plays much bigger than he actually is. He could play theoretically three four. Um, I, if they draft a four, I don't know where Jerry plays, especially with Chet coming back too, because Jerry got a lot of burn at the five. That's another guy coming yep. in getting big minutes at his position, mm-hmm. like. If they draft a, a, a front court player, Jeremiah Robinson Earl kind of feels less valuable than Lindy Waters. Yeah. So I, it's only Lindy the, Water. My initial the way he transformed his body too. Like he the way he transformed his body, not getting too much stronger, and then like trying to change up his game a little bit more to pick and pop. It's not really working. And I just don't see him going down the road, even though he is fundamentally sound. Uh don't see him as a, a guy there. Kind of makes you wonder, like JRE in, in high school, believe it or not, like I think we think of him as like the second round pick. He was a humongous recruit, like a big recruit out of IMG. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he looked like in high school when he was slimmed down more of like this three, four. And I think when he came to OKC, he was pushed into this five. And now it looks like he's trying to, to get more back into that. Like, yeah, I just wonder what his career arc looks like. Mm. It is interesting. Like I, I think playing devil's advocate a bit, even though I'm kind of with you both. Um, I, I think about the Villanova connection, right? I think Presley's pretty high on that. So I think overall, but he's pretty high on him as a player. Also, we know that he battled injuries just like Poka did, just like so many other players did. And look, when it comes to roster crunch, like it doesn't really take into, it, that's not always taken into consideration, but I do wonder if Jerry's outlook in this season looks different for him. Had he not been injured, which is pretty obvious. But to your guys' point as well, I think one thing that really stood out to me, the way that team not only was constructed, but also the players that kind of were given priority uh, playing time over others, such as Jerry. Uh, we talked about when he was like, they really prioritize that shooting, especially on the bench, kind of open up the floor for some of these guys, like obviously Shea, Giddy, J-Dub, we've talked a lot about that. So because of that, maybe that is why we see Lindy Waters over at JRE, um, to both of your, your all's points. Let me ask you second question. Two years from now. Okay, so April, May, June, let's say off season of 2025. Are any of the tier three players still in Oklahoma City? No, I don't think so either. No. I'd be very surprised. I, I would go one. further and say one half to yeah. three fourths of the tier two tier guys two. aren't. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, they do NBA. have four firsts next year. That's just I'm not the convinced. NBA, they're, though. I'm not convinced they're taking four 
I'm not either. And honestly, wasn't even necessarily factoring that in. I think that's just the nature of the NBA. Like if if you, if you made me answer right now, like Oost, Joe, Kenny Hustle out of tier two feels safest. Everybody else would not be surprised to see them somewhere else. Including Kenridge. Yeah. No, no, no. Kenny Hustle would be there. Oost, Isaiah, Joe, and, and Kenny Hustle staying. So you're looking Jay at, Will, you're looking Pope, at yeah. Wiggins, Dort. I could see all those guys in different different uniforms in two to three years. Jang wow. Simpson is, is such an interesting case because we could be talking about him next season, like he's a right. tier three guy probably getting yeah. cut, or three seasons from now we could be talking about him like he's borderline untouchable. I feel now, like it, I know he, or he, he could be a really high yeah. upside. This mm-hmm. is the guy we have to trade. Yeah, to, to move up in a draft or right. to go get but a we guy know he's going to be good in. Yeah. in the right situation. Yeah. That's a good point. And I know we need to get on to actual individual uh, player grades, but we spend a lot of time on tier two and tier three, and rightfully so. I think that's where the majority of the conversation is. But I kind of want an argument looking at tier one and how we have it named borderline untouchable. I'm kind of to the point with Shea with what he showed me this season that I'm willing to put him in untouchable and disclaimer i know if sam presley we're listening to this no player is ever untouchable right we're, we're evaluating all opportunities and i understand that but from a what we would consider untouchable like it is going to take just about everything to blow us away um i think there's an argument to be made that shea should have his own tier now I mean, that's fair listen. yeah is I'm there gonna, any I'm player say in this the on the record real quick trey man we got to stop sleeping on him because oh, call me I got big <laughs> sophomore slumps are a thing. And there's a lot of people that are saying Trey man tier three, maybe off the team. He could just as easily like break out in year three. Agreed. Like that is, that is the, if you go back and look at like <clears throat> all of these guys that are like borderline max players, like the Jordan pools and stuff, like those are the guys in year three that break out. Yep. I mean, he even came out and said it himself that uh, things aren't always as they seem when yeah. he, as he dropped a triple double in the in one of the regular season games. Yeah, yep. I mean, if if he, Trey Mann's terrible next year, I absolutely agree. Like his his time his his course has been ran. Like, is Trey playing summer league? I doubt it. I don't think so either. I, I wouldn't it. think so. No. If he does, ugh. yikes! Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Just thought. Um, That's interesting. Let's hand out some letter grades. Um, I mean, Kamiar and I could go on like a a sixty minute tangent discussing like the are we on a growth F- mind are we on a growth mindset or a standard model? What are we doing? Yeah, here? Exactly. Exactly. Kamiar and I could Explain go down the rabbit hole here. Rubric. Um, I mean, I I think we Intron. I think we grade them on their content expectation versus yeah. what they Reality. actually produced. I think that's fair. Yeah, the content. Um, so. Let's start with, does anybody get an incomplete besides Chet? No. I feel like, I feel like Poku gets a little bit of an incomplete because Agreed. you saw him do some really good stuff, and then he got hurt, and then you didn't really see anything else. I agree with that. I agree with that. That's a cop-out. What about Us then? <laughs> does, does that same thing apply to Usman James? I was going to say, he... half, half of our front court rotation, do they all get incompletes? <laughs> I mean, no, like, I, you, you got to see a lot of of Oos in the G League too. Yeah, the injury, the thought. wrist injury kicked him out. But G like, League minutes. I mean, you saw Oos a lot more in the G League minutes. You got to grade that on a curve. 
What well, is the, this? No, 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 no. So the, the G League is actually is really G League like remedial courses. That's no, it's that's it's a school of what a player could look like in a big role. Like we like there's no chance we're like other than the last game of the season, you were never gonna see Oos be a primary playmaker ball handler. So yeah, like, you don't you don't get that we you don't, you don't him an A or a B, yeah. So in the G League, you can kind of see what he would look like hypothetically in that role, which could be his role in four or five years. It's worth grading. <laughs> okay. It's a larger sample size. These are these are college courses. It, it's up to the professor. Professors and it's an AP course. That feels like huh? he took an took, online class. I have a rabbit hole about that, but uh, we won't dive into it. I took a ridiculous <laughs> block course, and there was no like. It, it was just like you submitted these essays about water structures, and like by water structure, <laughs> I mean like water fountains. And your interpretation was just based off if the professor agreed with you or not. It was the weirdest shit. I oh, it was wild. Mind blowing. Taylor drugs. I've got this story that I'm not going to tell you. Right, so the story is, oh, no. and I'm going to give you more details. The plot. Kind, so kind of give you the punch. Yeah, right. Kind, kind of mind blowing. Water fountains you ever heard? Here, here, here's my here's my reason we grade Oos. He played more games than Bays and just two games less than Lindy. So you have to grade him because you wouldn't not, consider. We're him. not grading Darius. Yeah, just for the record. I know. I know. Just for but, the record. But Lindy played two more games than him, so that's like Fair. if you're going to grade Lindy, you're going to grade Oos. Okay, let's start with this. Who in the class got an A? Shay. Shay. <laughs> Based Easy. on their various contexts, Shay and J Dub. I think J Dub gets an A. I agree. Yeah. And Isaiah Joe for his role. I, I was going to say, d- d- I was literally thinking Isaiah Joe, depending on if it's like expectation versus performance, like absolutely Isaiah Joe gets an A. Are you guys gonna disagree with me if I say if that's how we're doing it, Josh Giddy deserves an A? I was so gonna I say, no. I, I have Shay Giddy, Joe, and Shay Giddy, Joe, and Dub with A's on my list. Josh, Josh started the first semester not doing his homework, uh, <laughs> skipping class, Always skateboarding, reading, and shooting, then, shooting dice in the bathroom. Yeah, shooting TikToks. <laughs> It's happened before. Uh, yeah, it's happened before. <laughs> and then the second semester, he said, "You know what? I'm better than this." He started taking some AP courses. He passed the AP exam. He got college credit. Took some tutoring, which with Chip yeah. England. Yeah, yeah. He did really. I I think Josh Giddy gets an A. Josh, maybe Giddy it's like an A minus. Josh Giddy's me in calculus. This checks out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, am I missing the reference? Were you shooting like dice instead of going to calculus class? I, uh, you know, they had me in the first half, but I came back strong and got that AP credit, boy. Boom. I mean, it's not like it's not like he didn't make the All Star Weekend once again. I mean, and and by that time he was just a mainstay in the entire offense. And so again, if we're doing this based off of role and context, all those dudes get A's because you expected Joe to come in and just give you threes, and by the end of the season. He was keeping you afloat in, in games, dropping like 20-something points. J-Dub, that's an obvious one. Uh, Shea, that's too obvious. Josh, I mean, he practically ran the offense a lot, and you're excited to see what he can do with um, Chet as well next year because they had such a chemistry. I've got a hot take, and I this is agreeing with Jacob here. Uh, I think if you were to like, like a bell curve – and I, I could be butchering this because I don't actually know the details of a bell curve. Well, it looks but like a bell. I think I think uh, 
if you were to do the whole thing, Josh Giddy would be the second highest performer, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. on, yeah. on like grading players, because uh, one, he was damn near first team all rookie and got way more productive, way more efficient. Two, he was the second leading scorer, the top rebounder, and the top assist man on a postseason team. Like, just like put that in a vacuum. Don't think about the team name or the player name. If you said, hey, how valuable is a guy on a postseason team that's the second in points, first in rebounds, first in assist? You'd be like, that guy's probably a max contract player. And the dude's one of the youngest players. 20 years old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you don't give him an A, I'm sorry, you're wrong. If Josh this year averaged 16 and a half points, eight rebounds, six assists, like if that's his career numbers, that's a really damn good career. Like a really good career, especially considering who he's playing around and who he will be playing around moving forward. Whenever you factor in like check coming back. Still no lob threat. Yep. Yep. We talked a lot about that. We've talked about when he gets a lob threat for he and Shea, that's a free four assists a game. Yeah, that's wild. Assuming he can learn to throw lobs. That's a lot more Tim Tams for Justin. Yes, it is. (laughs) So we have Shea, Shea, Dub, Josh, and Isaiah Joe. Trying to get my fingers in the screen here. That's what I had down. Four A's in the class aligned. Is that fair? Yeah. good. It was good. Shea had the most 30-point games by a Thunder player since... Durant and the most in NBA history to average 30 points per game and shoot 50% from the field. I don't think we need to argue about Shea getting an A. I think I think we got that one. Well, actually, the ex, but for him to exceed the expectations, yeah, for him to exceed the expectations that we had is wild. Like he went from again, I we we beat beat this horse to death, but preseason it was kind of a hot take to say all star. Yeah. He's going to be top 10 player in the league entering next season. Yeah. Yeah. That is next a week massive could be league. Now, or this coming week could be announced. Uh, mm-hmm. First team, first all, team NBA. all NBA. I yeah. mean, it's nuts. Insane how good he is. Okay. So we've got four guys off the board. Um, Isaiah Joe just exceeded expectations. We don't even need to dive into stats. Yeah. <laughs> J Dub was insane. Both ends of the floor. Um, yeah, yeah. Dub was awesome. Awesome. Same with the first team all rookie. Let's let's go the other end of the spectrum. Who gets an F? Oh God. Who failed? I don't have any Fs, but I will say my lowest grade I gave was JRE with a D and Trey Man with a D. I if we're going expectation versus what happened, I kind of feel like Trey Man. I agree, Jacob. I mean, do you remember what we were talking about in preseason, Justin? Yes. Go back to last Sunday and how many bets we had for Trey Mann. Hey, some of us us predicted what his scoreline would be and knew what was going to happen this season. But, you know, some of us isn't just me, you know? So Uh just throwing it out Uh there. I said, other than Kamiar, who apparently took a time machine back from this moment to make his preseason bets, (laughs) we were all insanely high on Trey Mann. Like, Yeah. yeah, psyched out of our minds with what he did late last season, with what he did over the summer, came back looking like he was ready to dominate. Nick mentioned this last Sunday, like all the players in training camp were talking about like the one guy who took a leap, it's Trey Mann, it's Trey Mann, it's Trey Mann. 
That did not happen this year. Did Isaiah Joe, who we just mentioned as an A, have a factor? Absolutely. But if it's if we're grading against expectations, abs, I mean, it, it's harsh, but yeah, I think I think Trey Mann's an F. Speaking of Trey Mann and Kamiar's bets, uh, I shared this in our private chat, but I want to say it on the podcast as well. Uh, last Monday, I got a text from my mother that said, Kamiar is going to be sick between the hot dogs and the corn dogs. And then she called me later and asked if he could do both of them at once. Ooh. Oh no! Man, your mom I don't think it's physically. I love possible. that she thought about it for a while. Your you want him to go twelve hours of eating one thing and then go do the other thing and then go work out? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, like uh, my bets were sick. Don't get me wrong, but like that's just like messed up. You know, that's like some stuff they do in Guantanamo Bay or something. Nice, a nice hot dog cleanse is all that is. Uh, Cle- clear cleanse. your right out. It's a lot of nitrates. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anybody else get an F? So we, we I, Justin and I are arguing I'm Trey put, Man. Yeah, I'm going to put Trey at the F. I think he's the I one. I won't fight you I would say he's between a D or an F. He was very disappointing. Yep. No Jeremiah Robinson Earl as an you F. You guys agree he's a D? Yeah, I mean, like, he was out for a lot of the season, and we kept on wondering when he was going to come back. And to me, he's kind of like a D or an F guy because – Again, he uh, he got sub- his mint his minutes got supplanted by a rookie once again, yep. Uh, yep. and so he's a guy that kind of we didn't really have high expectations for him. I don't think, but we had some expectations for him, which he did not live up to before or after the injury. Yep. Uh, but those are really the only guys that I feel like got a D or an F or like just basic disappointment in general. I mean, like I don't know. Does that sound fair? Yeah, I think so. Agreed. I think so. Um, moving on, I'm putting Lou Dort at a, at a C. I had three C's. And they were okay. Lou, Deuce, even with and his Arch. even with his star exam at the end of the season, going <laughs> better than yeah, expected. I mean, he aced his final. Okay, but that, that he did I mean, great. That's cool, but him, the, the body of work that. tells me otherwise. Right. You're gonna catch you're gonna you're gonna catch haters on on this again once again per usual on your Lou Dort. I don't know why I don't know why this podcast hates Lou Dort so much. Uh, it it's interesting to look at Lou Dort, right? Um, you know what he brings to the team. Uh, he brings defense. He brings toughness. Like the guy doesn't have to use his hands. That's why he doesn't foul as much because he is built like a tiny little brick wall uh, that won't just like go down. And uh, however, his shooting has just been hor- horrendous at at times. Like, yes, he'll go through some very great, you know, like four games, five games here, uh, but struggling in finishing the ball at the, the right finishing rim, is the big one for uh, me. That's an issue. Yeah. Uh, some random mid range shots he takes, like that's not his game at all. Don't yeah, know why you're doing that. Uh, it's it's so it's those st- it's stuff like that when you try to balance out the offense and the defense when he might be the only guy taking up the ball up the court and take the first the first and only shot I don't know why that ever crosses his brain to do that but that has happened several times so I feel like a season good medium between what he brings to the team. I mean, if we're grading offense and defense, defense he gets yeah. an A, and offense he gets a D minus. <laughs> And then so I'm kind of factoring in the middle. Yeah, no, I, he he gets to see. Now I love the postseason comments of, you know, recognizing and having that self reflection moment where he says, "I have to be better 
you know, in my decision-making, I have to take better shots. My yep. shot diet has to clean up. I like that stuff. Um, now let's see it. Yep. And it's definitely going to have to happen. I mean, he is candidate number one for shot reduction yeah. whenever check comes back. Totally. Right. Um, I, I, I feel like a C is fair for him. Agreed. And I look at his shooting specifically, like you said, Jacob, his offense, 12.3 attempts per game in 2020, 2021, he shot 38.7% for the field, 14.2 attempts per game last season, which was a ton. He shot 40% from the field, which was way better. Uh, less attempts than the 2020, 2021 this season, 11.8 attempts per game at about the same clip as that 2020, 2021 season, 38 0.8% from the field. So basically he's shooting less, his efficiency dipped back to his sophomore season. And that showed, especially around the rim. His his shooting around the rim within however many feet was just absolutely especially when you've got you've got Dub, who is like so ridiculously efficient from the rim. I don't know if it's actually sustainable. Like when we think about sophomore slumps, like Dub keeping up the at the rim numbers yeah. may not be likely. Like he was yep. 57.9% on twos this year, which is crazy for a that's guy that's dumb. not just like a center shooting layup. That's Rudy Gobert numbers. Right, right. <laughs> glad glad you got his name in. Even Josh was 52.4% on twos. And then you go to Lou Dort, who... Where's his clip from two? Not good. Um, Last on the team... And field goal percentage at 38.8. And on yeah. twos, he was 44%. That's tough. Like, Oof. he's last on the roster in field goal percentage. Yeah, that's tough. On probably the huge. second or third most attempts. Yeah. Third. Giddy Oof. was two. He was three. My point is, though, like, th- back to, like, the, the the shot diet. And, like, like as players come in, you're going to have to shoot less shots. Yep. We saw Josh take over as a second leading shot taker and score. We saw dubs as he went on emerge as like this, like third shot taker score check comes back. You add a lottery pick, like Dort will naturally flutter down. Mm-hmm. And if his efficiency doesn't go up on less shot attempts, that's a problem. Yeah. Because that whenever his shots go down, the ones that should be getting removed are the low quality. Looks. Yes. Right, and those totally. high quality, wide open corner three type looks are the ones yep. that stay. Yeah. Uh, anybody else get a C? Mm, no. I think I had trying off the top of my head. I had Sarge just because, like, he was kind of what I expected coming in in his very yeah. limited time. Yeah. I, is, I, in my mind, I wasn't even counting Sarge because I feel yeah, like he's not going to be that. What about what about uh, Ooze? Oh, somebody Ooze. mentioned Ooze earlier. Ooze is an interesting one. See. Like, I don't know what I expected from yeah, him early exactly. in the season. His summer league. Like wasn't good, but that's because he's 19 freaking years old. Yeah, he probably doesn't know what half the things the team is telling him because he has like such a big language barrier. Um, yeah. it was a tough a... and then the injury. It was a tough season for Us. I have high expectations for him. He showed promise. Yeah, but a C might be fair, especially if you put it in the context of he went a pick above J Dub, and you look at what J Dub did. That kind of that kind of okay, clouds your judgment. I know a the story bit. about that. Yeah, that's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. You're right. No, I know. Um, I agree. He's I had, like I the had born ex- said a C. I, I he's think like that. The, oh, sorry. It, go ahead. Sorry. It's sim- <laughs> it's similar to you know lots of guys. The the injury is tough. 
I think missing a lot of time with injury coming back. Like JRE is a great example. He came back, but he never looked the same. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to grade him till next season. Because right. like he just never felt like he got back in a rhythm. I think yeah. off, full off season, get him back next season and like see where he's at could totally change things. Us is similar, if not more so, because of what you said, Jacob, his age, his inexperience. There's a lot that we don't know about Us where he gets the benefit of the doubt is the G league minutes. Like you mentioned, but I'm not grading those because this is an NBA uh, (laughs) report card. Uh, It's positive. You get excited about it, but I think that, you know, kind of was what he was. He had good moments. He had bad moments, pretty average. Um, I think optimistic heading into next year, like, you know, got a bright future. He's a good kid. He's young, a lot of potential. I think next year at this time, you know, his his grade will look wildly different. I'd be shocked if he's a C again. So that's what I was I was thinking Justin was like a, a metaphor. It'd be like Us is like the foreign exchange student who comes over. Um, he's younger than everybody else in the class. He comes over to uh, he probably should be in the grade below, but because he's getting this experience early on, he's he's probably going to be better for it long term. And that's kind I of nice. Us is the kid that should have been held back a year. Yeah. <laughs> right, he, he it would have benefited, or but could the have been held back be a year. Have, but yeah, right. long yeah. term. The C, I think, is fair. Um, any other C's? Uh, South China C. No. <laughs> Mediterranean. Uh, as far as as far as B's, um, I'm going to before we move on. Jacob, can you tell Dylan us Brooks like, is a B? Who who have we graded? Who's left? So who is left is we're not grading Chet. Obviously, okay. we need a grade J. Will. We need a grade Poku, Aaron, Aaron Wiggins, Kenrich Williams, and Lindy Waters. The only other letter we have left is B. So it sounds like all of them are Those falling in the like B's to me. Do we like say B's? Do we say Poku was an incomplete? I don't think so. No, we saw enough. Wait, I, I don't agree. think you grade him on the last games he played where he was like agreed. Playing off injury, on, like. Because I know, like, we were pretty high on him, like, as the Poku next Very year, high. Yeah. Uh, in the yep. first half. Season. I yeah. think in comparison to how he played last year, kind of what we saw in Summer League. And Summer League, yeah. we were like, oh, God. And in Salt Lake City, it just didn't look good. And then. What's his extension look like, Jacob? What's his extension look like? Uh, it's a good question. Um, the mid level is like 12 million per year. If they got him at, like, Taylor, I don't know if you know this, but you're muted. You keep trying to talk. Um, <laughs> might be a good the, thing. I don't know. This, this the best <laughs> thing that's happened. All um, night. you might tell us a different story and lead us down a rabbit hole. He's not going to tell four, us four years, 45 million with like a team option at the end there. That's below yeah. the average salary. Yeah. Wait, what? Say, say the number again. Four years, 45. I would be excited if I'm honest. I, I typically look at contracts based on like the percentage hit of the cap. Right. And eleven million is going to be like eight percent of the cap, which I think is pretty fair. I need to see more, especially when the new like TV deal hits and the cap. They're going to smooth it per the new CBA. Yeah, but eleven million. I mean, shit, guys. When, when when the new money TV money hits, the vet minimum is going to be like six mil. When that TV deal hits and all the local teams are broadcasting only locally for Dude. free, 
Yeah. Oh, that, hey, that might that might that, expedite Phoenix. the national. Yeah. Bad for yeah. me and Nick. Good for everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> we still have these. Um, true. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, it won't be blacked out. But what we expected from Poku versus what he's done, like, I think people forget. Yeah. Right now, people see those five-man lineup numbers and see the negatives that Poku was in. Yeah. And a lot of people want to extrapolate, like, mm. the team was bad because Poku was playing. When Poku went out, the team started playing better. I don't think it's as black and white as that. Um, I mean, I, I recently went back and watched some some Poku stuff. The connectivity on offense was just like, to me, that is the epitome of what they want to do. Totally. Like, grab it off the rim, push it up, kick the ball up ahead. <clears throat> Poku catches it on a short roll, swings it to the other corner. The ball is moving. Guys are moving like... Things looked very fluid when he was out there, and I think that's what they want. Now, is Poku the best person for that? Like, probably not. Right. But I think in comparison it to what good. we were used to and what we yeah. expected, I'd give Poku like a B plus. On the growth right. model, Poku gets A B. <laughs> yeah. You're you're a absolute sicko for watching old Poku highlights old Poku in April. Highlights. That's, that's what so I was thinking. It's like you know what? One in the morning and Jacob just sometimes yeah, yeah. we got shirts about that, so plug there. Yeah. goes. <laughs> hey, uh, Presty did echo those sentiments though in his exit interview, where he said the first thirty games that Poku's play would have been, you know, one of the biggest storylines of the season. Yep. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I want to shift players real quick to Kenrich Williams. I think Kenrich gets a B. I think he, for the most part, performed how we thought he would perform. Real quick, some stats on Kenny Hustle: uh, eight points five rebounds, two assists a game uh, in just about 23 minutes, almost got a steal per game, shot 52% from the floor on six and a half attempts a game, 60% from two, really impressive number, 37% from three. I almost want to go B minus because of this next stat. This season, he was a 43% free throw shooter. And yeah, on his bad. career, he is 52%. Yikes. That's when it so comes weird. to playoff basketball, he's not a guy that you can play down the stretch. They will literally go yeah. to Hack Kendrick, Ken, Kendrick Hack Kenrich, yeah. and Hack like, you'll have to pull him yeah. because he can't hit free throws, which is very weird to me. It's almost like, uh, who was it for the, the Spurs? Was it Bruce Bowen? Yep. Who could yep. light it up from three but could not hit a free throw to save his life? It's an interesting little wrinkle, but because of that and like the inability to probably play him down the stretch in impactful, meaningful games, I almost want to go like a B minus for Kenrich. Um, but he's obviously a staple on this team. And I think he performed about how we expected him to perform. Yep. I had B plus simply because if you had told me that some of the Thunders are arguably they're best stretch of basketball was played when he was playing at the center position yeah just that alone uh, again no stats here to dive into but for that reason that's why i had the b plus i think but i i agree with the free throw percentage it's it's concerning uh long term we think about the playoffs anyone want to jump into aaron wiggins or lindy waters they're our last two lindy waters here's here's a weird thing to think about lindy waters is an Awesome three-point shooter. Anyone want to guess what he shot from two? 
probably really high. Better than Lou Dort. <laughs> Number one on the team. Oh. 75% on two. What? So and how many, probably, I bet a lot of like, transition. Wide yeah. open layups, probably. Yeah. Um, it's like here's <laughs> even crazier. Lindy Waters averaged 0.42s a game. 0.4. It means <laughs> every yeah. every other yeah. game he took a yeah. two. But when you're converting on 75% and you're great from three, not great. 36% is not great, but he, he has some big threes this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think what Jacob said is probably like want? one breakaway layup every couple yeah. of games. What do you want? Yep. Like, what, what more do you want from Lindy Waters? Not much because he won't be on the team soon. So. <laughs> <laughs> I but mean, from a standpoint, what more could he have, what more could have yeah. done? Yeah. Even if he's not on the team moving forward, the this the Lindy Waters, the third story, is just really cool. It's totally. in like every aspect of basketball in Oklahoma. Man's High in school, arena. college, semi pro G League, NBA. Officially like uh surpass Daniel Orton as like the best homegrown Thunder player. Yes. It could have been Austin Reeves. Could have no, just kidding, because Austin Reeves is an Oklahoma native. But it's interesting to be to think about this because I mean there are other teams around the league that will look at Lindy Waters um, and not know he came like when we say he came from El Reno, they don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, yeah they don't even know he exists to even ask where he's. Can from. you imagine if yeah. Lindy Waters was on the Lakers? Like what the internet would be saying about? Oh him? yeah, yeah. I mean, yep. Same stuff they say of Austin Reeves right now. He's exactly. gonna be a different situation yeah. when Braun leaves. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Exactly. Um, Aaron Wiggins. Wiggins was great when he played. Just reliable. Still kind of weird that he didn't play as much as like more. I think that says a lot. Yeah, honestly, like Like, that's what I hope. Good, but I think that it says a lot about how he's viewed both by the coaching staff and probably the organization. Of like, he's a he's solid, but will he ever be more than that? I don't know. Yeah, we, we don't get right. to see the daily practice and the daily yeah. shoot around and mm-hmm. like everyone loves to say like why didn't this guy play more? Well, there, yeah. There's always a reason. I don't, they're they're not leaving they're the not guy blind. on the bench for like it's just it's yep. There's 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 it's probably a ceiling thing with him. Like he's better than Isaiah Roby, who fans freaked out about. But it wouldn't yeah. be shocking to see him not on this team in three years, even with how impactful he is now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last guy we haven't graded yet is Jalen Williams, J. Will. I mean, I think he gets a B. I, yeah. I had low expectations for him. So, yeah, as far as like performing against expectations, he you think he's awesome. starting center in a playing game? No. Right. Starting no, center. Not at all. And, and some of that is like circumstantial, right? Totally. Um, but like the, but, the three point shooting. Mm-hmm. Like the charge taking actually well, the three point shooting is, is back to the JRE thing. If JRE was a decent three point shooter as a rookie, if 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 Jay Will shoots, what did what did JRE shoot this year from three? JRE shot. Let's look at the three point percentage. So so Jay Will shot forty point seven percent. JRE shot thirty three percent. If if Jay Will shoots thirty three percent from three next year, right. we're probably talking about him like he's JRE. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except yeah, totally and, and I think that he's he's yeah. most at risk of anybody because of Chet, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like you just said, Jacob, it, it's circumstantial, right? But like this season in a vacuum, love it, great. Yeah. 
100 nice surprise all right so the report card reads as such for the class kids who got an a shea gilgis alexander j dub josh giddy and isaiah joe the b's are j will alexei pokashevsky aaron wiggins kenrich williams lindy waters the c's were usman jang uh, Lou Dort, I believe that was all. D was Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and F for Trey Man. Poor Trey. We on consensus? Poor Trey. Poor Trey. Let's take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to go around the association, and uh, and then we'll get out of here. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, we are back. JD isn't here for the Around the Association sounder, so I'm once again asking Taylor. It. Dang it. I was being sarcastic. Do it, Taylor. Let's go. I was being sarcastic. We have to stop this. All right, it's done. This is the worst. It's going last well. time, last time you broke the stream yard. Correct. It was so bad. I was about to mention that yes, we are. Uh, we're still up. All right. Um, this will be a fun one. We have. We're, we're officially on to the second round of the playoffs, the semifinals. We have four matchups. Um, excluding me for hosting, we have four hosts on the pod. We're going to play a game of heart versus head. Don't laugh. Justin, you're first up. What does your heart say versus what does your head say in my most hated matchup of all time, (laughs) the Golden State Warriors versus the Los Angeles Lakers? Oh, my gosh. My heart says no, thank you. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I don't know. There, there are compelling storylines, right? Like the Lakers have been measurably better post trade deadline. You can't ignore that. I saw, like, we saw it coming. We discussed it. AD's playing great. Uh, LeBron is still LeBron. Like, it's kind of cool to root for him at this point in his career because you don't know how many chances you're going to have left. Somewhat similarly, the Warriors, like, they're really fun when they're good as much as I, like, loathe them with my core because of past tra- trauma. Um, they, they are a lot of fun. And it's same thing there. Like, somebody asked Kerr tonight post game about, like, the last dance. 
with Jordan in 98. Like there's a little bit of last dance vibes yeah. with this Warriors team. Like it is kind of cool. Even this whole matchup seeing, is it six versus seven? Like it, it's kind of fun as much yeah. as I, I load these two, mostly their fan bases more than the teams themselves. Um, it, it is kind of fun. That said, my heart, I think I'm actually rooting for the Lakers. Okay. What does your head say? My head also says the Lakers. Ooh. Nice. I think I think I'm I'm picking the Lakers overall. The Warriors look tired. The That's Warriors can execute, but and the no Warriors depth. look old and tired. I think the the Lakers did a really nice job, like I said, at the trade deadline, kind of re reformatting their roster. Um, the OU fan in me is always going to root for Austin Reeves a little bit, and it is what it is. I, I'm heading head and heart going Lakers. All right, Kamiar, you're next up. Nuggets versus Suns. What does your head say and what does your heart say? It's interesting because you put Jokic in a pick and roll and that dude is cooked. Um, but then you take a sample size from game one and then you're like, well, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, so, I mean, my my head says... The Phoenix has the best score on the planet still right now, or the best best two scores on the planet right now uh, in between Devin Booker and KD. Um, Of course, you have CP3 still there, even though he's kind of not what he used to be, and DeAndre Ayton still being productive. Um, And then so that's what my my head says. Um, Hart says Denver because, well, I don't like Kevin Durant, so, you know, (laughs) there's stuff like that. Um, And... Denver, if Jamal, I don't know if Jamal Murray can sustain what he did in game one and what he can, if he can channel bubble Jamal Murray once again, um, and Devin Booker and them guys not to have the best nights. Uh, so I'm going to say heart is with Denver, but head probably maybe goes Phoenix. Um, it, I think, I don't think, I think, Game two will be very interesting to see what happens between uh, those those matchups, specifically between Aiton and Jokic and such. I like it. Taylor, you're up. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers <sighs> versus so the Boston Celtics. <laughs> what does your head say versus what does your heart say? So here's the thing. like This is the only second-round matchup that has had a game, and Miami won today. Yeah. Um, Denver wait. and Phoenix. Oh, I'm it's sorry. Denver I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I just said it. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> do you mean Boston versus Philly or do you mean Knicks versus Heat? Oh, oh, God. Yes, yes. Boston, you're Boston, Philly. Nick, Nick, okay. Nick gets the last one. Apologies. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Um, it's late, bro. It sucks <laughs> that Embiid doesn't seem to be completely healthy. Like because of that, my heart, my head are both saying Boston. However, I guess. The only thing to add on to this is we saw Boston kind of, for lack of a uh, better term, shout out um, Doc Rivers. Uh, I won't say play with their meat, but play played with their food <laughs> um, with the Hawks. Who among us? <laughs> Who among no. us? And and because of that, like I I think this is going to be an, an unnecessarily close series, uh, even without a fully healthy Embiid. But regardless, I think Boston climbs out of it. You Heart know the. You know the the bonk dog meme? 
Yeah. yeah. That's like made that specifically for Doc Rivers. Correct. <laughs> Playing with their meat. I was like, what? My favorite part was that he came back like yes. after the game. I, and my his... players told me I need to say the, the phrases. Hey, uh, coach, you might want to address this. <laughs> Nick, you get the last one. What does your heart say versus what does your head say with the New York Knicks versus the this Miami is Heat? such a fun one. Uh, heart says Miami because... <laughs> What was that? We what? got a clip Me back. Now, clip back. Jacob was doing the hot dog thing that he mentioned Goodness. last week. Gross. Uh, Art says Miami because I think they have guys that are built for the playoffs, and they've got the organization that's built for the playoffs. Um, but my head is going to say Knicks, only because I don't know what Jimmy's status is. Yeah. Like, it says uncertain for game two as of today. If he... Misses game two and is back game three. I still think Miami wins it. But like he was on the ground, yeah. like hurting. Like he didn't look like he's like sprained his ankle, like tire shoe tighter, keep going. I mean Heat are already it's, it's, low on depth too, because of injuries. It's kinda like it's kinda like the NFL where there's those teams that just like never make it past the second round. They like they win one playoff game and they're they're perennial chokers. The Knicks, that's them. I don't care how good their roster is. Like in my lifetime, I don't know if I've seen the Knicks have playoff success. Would you like to elaborate on this as a Dallas Cowboys fan? That's exactly what I'm getting at. (laughs) A lot of parallels. There's a lot of parallels where it's like the New York Knicks are like this, this big, you know, America's team. Right. And they just never do it in the bike. Like I, someone correct me if I'm wrong since the year 1995 when I was born. Have the Knicks ever done anything in the playoffs? Not that I can remember. Um, Wait, what year were you born? 95. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Everybody. I don't think the Knicks have... Like, Google it. I don't think the Knicks have done anything in my lifetime. Um, that I can remember, at least. Like, maybe when I was, like, three yeah. years old. The Heat have, and the Heat have players that are... Like, they went to the the, the NBA Finals. Like, yep. yes, it was the bubble, but, like, they've got the the same core that did that. And I just like I keep defaulting back to them, but it all like if Jimmy didn't get hurt, heart and head both say Miami. It's just it's just that's a hard game to pick. I don't know. I I kind of like the Knicks considering they kept it close today and nearly had a chance to win, and they didn't have uh, Comyard's favorite player in the league, Julius Randle, out there, who's actually like been really really good. good, Also, shout out to R.J. Barrett who. Who's been hooping? Shout out to been. Canada for producing such good quality talent these days. Yeah. yeah. Team Canada. All right, gentlemen. Any other thoughts? Anything at all before we get out of here? No. Maybe. I love Jimmy Butler. He's fun. He's fun. Jimmy Butler is what Dylan Brooks wishes he was. I love that uh, Jimmy Butler did the whole long haired joke in preseason and so now when they put graphics up it's long-haired jimmy it's him and his dreads <laughs> with no facial hair hey this is maybe that's why they're i don't playing, even know if uh, i should say this because i don't want it to come off as insensitive then probably he, shouldn't Let's then he probably shouldn't if you if you're already saying it out loud <laughs> okay. you're thinking it and then you say it out loud you probably shouldn't okay too shady hey thank you guys for tuning in the uncontested podcast we really appreciate you guys Hit us up on social media. Let us know what your player grades for the Oklahoma City Thunder season are. We'd love to hear if you agree with us or if you have a different opinion. Uh, we'd love to see those. So hit us up. We will be back with you guys on Wednesday, 9 p.m. Central Time. 
Join us right here on YouTube as the stream is always hopping. It was a great stream tonight as well. Lots of comments. So we really appreciate you guys. Uh, I forget what we're doing Wednesday, but um, we'll be we'll be talking about something on Wednesday. So join us. Uh, we are two weeks away from NBA Draft Lottery, which will be a blast. Follow us on all social media channels. Have a great beginning of your week. We will talk to you soon. Until then, and as always, thunder up. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com